everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, myself, Laura Matsu, and my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And on this episode, we are going to talk about the AI, transhumanism, occult trap, and the way out. So this episode is going to be partially inspired by an article that Bernhard posted on veilofreality.com, his website of the same title. He also made a YouTube uh, uh, video about it recently as well. So basically, in the first art, uh, hour of this podcast, we're going to talk about how technology has really taken over our lives and we're seeing a rise in AI everything. We saw AI filters come out recently. I posted a video on my social media about these new AI filters that were showing up on TikTok, the rise of chat GTP. Um, we've seen other AI technologies coming to the forefront and how this maybe potentially relates to a loss and loss of creativity for humanity. We also want to make sure that people know right off the bat, we're going to say it many times, we are not anti-AI. This issue is not black and white. We use AI all the time, anytime we're using social media. What we're trying to bring to attention on this podcast is how can we use it consciously rather than have it use us. And we have some ideas about that. So we're going to talk about what transhumanism is and how it relates to AI. We're going to talk about uh, the importance of learning how to use technology consciously, especially as we enter into Pluto and Aquarius. This is coming up very soon. And we're going to talk about how the AI transhumanism uh, trend, I guess you could say, relates to the negative sides of Aquarius and what the cure for that, which you see in the opposite side, which is a Leo archetype. We're also going to share some personal experiences that we had with this, um, you know, Leo Aquarius access with our own lives so that people can kind of see how it works. And we're going to talk about the necessity for soul embodiment and the necessity for psycho-spiritual self-work and the individuation process. And for those who are new to our podcast, we always do a second hour where we go much deeper into the topics that we talked about on the first hour. And on the second hour of this podcast, we're going to talk about the more hyperdimensional perspective, how AI transhumanism relates to uh, removal of the soul and our spiritual development and how it relates to consciousness, soul harvesting, body snatching, um, and how really it does tie into the alien agenda, which is not going to be some UFO in the sky, but is going to happen through our own bodies. And then we're going to talk about what does it mean to be creative? How does this, how can we connect deeper to our creativity and discuss some of Carl Jung's theories about that? So if you want to hear all of our second hours to our podcast, which gives you access to basically 100 plus hours of the second hour of every podcast, you can go to www.veilofreality.com and click on membership and become a member and you'll get access to all of those. Um, and before we get into it, we do have a quick announcement. The April round of Embodied Soul Awakening is about 70% full as of the day of recording. That will probably go up in the next few days because we have quite a few call books with calls booked with people. So for those who are new to our podcast, Bernhard and I are both psycho-spiritual coaches and we run a 14-week online group coaching program in psychological and spiritual self-work, which we host ourselves with weekly calls, different psychological and spiritual practices and different 
teachings on uh, various different topics that we discuss on the podcast. So if you want to learn more and apply, just go to thetimeoftransition.com. And I'm actually really excited about this round because I realized this is going to take place while Pluto dips into Aquarius for the first time. So we're going to be experiencing a very different energy. And as we're going to discuss later, Pluto will only dip into Aquarius for, I think it's about a couple months um, about that. And then it's going to go back into Capricorn. So this is going to be our first program doing uh, while Pluto is in Aquarius, which is a very different energy to engage in this kind of work. So that's really exciting. And if you want to join us, just go to time of the time of transition.com. Sorry. Excellent. Great introduction. So a lot to talk about. It's definitely a big topic. As Laura mentioned, I've written an article about it uh, of the same title, um, the AI transhumanism occult trap and the way out occult in this context, meaning hidden and also a YouTube video. So you can check that out as well, but we want to go deeper and, uh, exp um, you know, go even add some things and share our own personal experiences with all of that. So, you know, technology literally has taken over our lives in, in every aspect of our lives. I really want to emphasize that because it's nothing that just starts now. We just see now, you know, all of a sudden the introduction of a lot of new AI technology, right? And it also ties globally with the Great Reset and all of that. Everything is becoming more uh, technologically enhanced and it ties totally into Pluto in Aquarius, obviously, right? Um, but it didn't start just today or yesterday. I mean, <laughs> everybody at this point, I would say even everybody who's listening to our podcast here, I'm sure you have a smartphone, an iPhone, an Android, whatever it may be, that definitely most people are more or less dependent on, not only because of their dopamine hits, but for everyday life, for business, for email checking, map questing all of that um, communication social media your business education all of that technology has taken over every aspect of our lives and like laura mentioned this is not necessarily all bad uh, it's again how we use technology and not let technology use us and that's kind of the danger what we're seeing with the dawning age of transhumanism and AI, that we lose ourselves in it. We lose our creativity, our relationships, ourselves, and eventually even our soul connection to the divine, our spiritual essence. And there's a big danger in that. But as Laura mentioned as well, we're definitely not under technology. We're using technology right now, recording this podcast and streaming it uh, out to all you guys to listen to. So again, we won't, we don't want to move this into like an anti-technology rant because that's not what it's about. It's about what consciousness is using this technology. Which is interesting because going to that other extreme of being totally anti-technology is also an Aquarian thing. Oh yeah. Like there's a couple different Aquarians I've met in my life <laughs> and some of them are like super ahead of the curve with technology, very comfortable with it. And then the other side is very anti, which is very interesting. They're like, I'm just going to go to the woods and leave me alone. And this world is too crazy, you know, kind of playing the yeah. exile kind of archetype of the side of that side. So we're going to see that actually. We're going to see both. We're going to see people, you know, using technology creatively. We're going to see people having technology use them. And we're also going to see people totally be like F technology. I'm getting rid of everything. Yeah, which in itself I feel is a matrix trap as well. The kind of archaic revival and just rejecting technology completely. Yeah, the way I saw how all of a sudden the AI technology got into the 
mindset of the consensus of the mainstream, especially in social media, was a few months ago with the so-called Lenza AI app. And I noticed on social media all over the place, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, people changing their you know real-life profile pic for an AI-generated version of themselves. And it was really fascinating to see this happen because people, so many people jumped on this trend. And it's all fun and games, but the issue with that is, again, that AI tends to distort how we not only view ourselves, but view others. So it, it kind of creates a certain artificial sense of beauty or digitized, computerized version of ourselves and others. And that has tremendous effects on our interpersonal relationships, as social media already has in a negative way, because we are relating to people via the screen, via texting, messaging, uh, and not really in real life anymore. And this artificial uh, relating is just being enhanced via talking to AI versions of others or yourself. Yeah. And there are deeper aspects as well. I've seen a lot of people, you know, you can take on like this AI version identity, like you take a spiritual identity based on spiritual bypassing or, you know, a trauma response uh, of just basic vanity narcissism. And it becomes, you know, it, it people don't realize how it affects virtually all aspects of their life, especially interpersonal relationships and your own own self-worth and insights within yourself and uh, psycho-spiritual health, so to speak. So that kind of uh, started it all. And that was the inspiration for my article. But since then, it has even taken more extreme levels, I would say. Yeah. And one thing just to add on to what the topic of the Lenza app, I've actually noticed people still using that as a profile pic yeah. on like, it's very, it's a common profile pic now to use on your social media, to use the it's AI version. It's right? become, it's already become part of the culture, you know, yeah. people are using it. I even saw uh, on Twitter the other day, this guy got totally slammed, but he had an AI profile photo and he was talking smack about how a woman looked basically. And then many people were like, dude, you're using an AI photo of yourself, Hilarious. you know? But, but to add on to that, it's actually like, I'm shocked at how much this has sped up in the past couple of weeks. Like I can see Pluto and Aquarius already happening and it's going to just happen on hyperspeed. So another thing that just came out was um, this new filter on TikTok called the Bold Glamour Filter. So TikTok basically started incorporating AI into their filters. And what they did is they introduced, and they're not admitting to this, but it's been highly suspected. They basically introduced a filter that used an AI technology called machine learning. And the machine learning maps out the user's face and alters their appearance so that it never malfunctions no matter how much the person moves. And it's also programmed from a data set of a bunch of different women and men so that it's like basically morphing your face into the face of like a data set of women who have a similar face structure. So that's how it looks. Um, and you can go to my Instagram. I made a video about that um, recently. And the main thing with this is we already have a lot of women who use huge filters on their face. And I'm not against filters. I think that you can really, you know, add artistic value to a photo by using different, bringing out certain colors, you know, doing different styles. I kind of like how they make them look like old film. I'm not against filters. I want to be really clear with that. But when you use a filter to alter your appearance to the point where other people don't know what you look like, you actually have a distorted view of what you look like that can create 
body dysmorphia in women. And I can only imagine as someone who grew up most of my life, basically not thinking that I was attractive, even if other people said I was, imagine now women or young women or teenagers or even kids growing up with these filters and having a totally distorted view of what they actually look like because of using these filters regularly. And I think this is kind of the the, the danger that we're going to see and already seen. And then eventually, like you wrote in your article, and as we've talked about, this is going to lead people to actually seeking Botox, fillers, and surgeries to look like the AI version of themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I saw it uh, very fascinating because you gave an example of this AI app on TikTok, right? You made a video about it, how yeah, it looks. Yeah. And, and as opposed to how you look in real life. And what fascinating to note is not just, <clears throat> excuse me, it was not just like you put makeup on because I'm also not against makeup. Again, it can enhance something if the makeup artist is an artistry. But there's also extreme levels of makeup or extreme these filters like that filter it literally changed the anatomy of your face. Yeah. So you literally do not look like this in real life, not just makeup-wise, but ana anatomically speaking. Yeah. And it's interesting. Somebody made a good comment. It looks like a very generic version of like Kim Kardashian. You know what I mean? Like this everybody looks the same yeah, and the yeah, AI yeah. version is like this very artificial synthetic beauty and and no originality anymore because they're probably sense? programming these women into their data set and this is like yeah. this standard of beauty we have is based off of Kim Kardashian, Megan Fox, you know, you see a lot of women doing their makeup to look like that. So imagine they get to see Megan Fox's face morphed onto their face, and they're like, "Oh my god, imagine if I look like this." Yeah, and both and then, of them already have uh, lots of uh, cosmetic surgery to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about maybe defining uh, transhumanism and how it relates to AI. Yeah, so the transhumanism agenda is is in works. It ties totally into Pluto and Aquarius. Everything is going more. Uh, ties into technocracy and all of that. Well, in the nutshell, in one word, transhumanism agenda is literally merging man with machine, right? Get, And even as Klaus Schwab said in one of his books, the guy from the Great Reset in the Fourth Industrial Re uh, Revolution, you know, they want to create more synthetic uh, human beings and get rid of carbon-based human beings. I mean, that's partly what he literally said, mm. right? So... Um, a great definition, I just want to look that up real quick because there's a great definition about transhumanism in a nutshell from Lisa Rene, and I quoted her in the article as well. And I'm just going to read her definition because it encapsulates really everything. So, transhumanism is an international, cultural, and intellectual movement with an eventual goal of fundamentally transforming the human condition by making available technologies that greatly enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capacities. Many transhumanists believe in the compatibility between the human mind and computer hardware with the implication that human consciousness can be transferred to alternative media known, known as mind uploading. Post-humans, the result of applied transhumanist technologies, could be completely synthetic artificial intelligence or a symbiosis of human and artificial intelligence or uploaded consciousness or the result of making profound technological augmentations to biological human. Transhumanism is a school of thought that seeks to guide us towards a post-human condition. Essentially, this is about creating artificially intelligent hybrids or cyborgs to replace the organic spiritual consciousness of humans. Some examples are 
redesigning the human organism using advanced nanotechnology or radical technological enhancements. Some of the proposed biological enhancements are using some combination of technologies such as genetic engineering, psychopharmacology, life extension therapies, neural interfaces, brain mapping, wearable or implanted computers, and entrainment of cognitive techniques. So most of these options, as she continues uh, writing, are designed to disconnect the human soul from the human body and prepare the body to be used as a shell for a new host. Effectively, this is integrating technological and pharmaceutical hybridization to damage human DNA as preparation for body snatching. Mm -hmm. So the last sentence, this is really the deeper occult agenda of transhumanism, which we go deeper in the second hour. But this is a great definition of what transhumanism is all about, of literally merging man with machine. And I also want to add, again, what we mentioned at the beginning about we're not anti-technology. We don't want to let technology use us. And it's really about what we are really called to, especially in regards to psycho-spiritual work, is activating our own inner quote-unquote technology, right? Mm -hmm. Our connection to God, to essence, to the divine, our immense pot uh, potential for creativity because that's or, or beauty that we have inherently have. Yeah. So that's what we need to activate and, and connect to in order to counteract the negative effects of transhumanism and AI. And all of this, interestingly, relates to the Aquarius archetype, the disassociation, the alien technology, mm -hmm. the fracturing where something else enters, you know. This can all be part of that. And that can happen through, number one, it can happen just through trauma, you know, and being disassociated. Dis trauma is a disconnection from your true self at the end of the day. You know, you can call it the event that happened to you, but events that are traumatic to one person are not traumatic to another person. But any moment where we disconnect from our heart, our true self, and we enter into our heads or we enter into different worlds or whatever, we disassociate. This is related to that Aquarius archetype. And I think the thing that I am most concerned about is that we've been through a really intense past three years. It was intense for me, and I'm a very Plutonian person, and I like intensity, I guess you could say. You know, not that I like intensity, but I'm comfortable with it. I've been through a lot of really intense things in life, and I think it was intense. And I see already that people have not done a lot of work to ground to come back to themselves after the past three years i'm talking about the average consensus person i imagine that people listening to this podcast are interested in that that's why they're listening but this fracturing that happened creates a huge opening when pluto enters aquarius for other forces to mass incarnate mm -hmm. basically or just take over bodies i think that's what's potentially going to happen and so we're going to see this influence take over social media, the internet, and it's going to come very fast. Like we're, we're at March 6th right now. Pluto will enter into, uh, will enter into Aquarius on March 23rd. You're going to stay there for a bit and then goes back and stay there eventually for the next 20 years. So exactly. we're starting the start of a 20 year cycle with the transhumanism AI takeover in that sense. But you just, what you just said, just, uh, reminded me of something exactly for the past three years what happened you know with the medical tyranny the great the, all of that what happened the craziness of the past three years it has traumatized millions of people yes. billions of people i would even say yes. without them knowing that traumatized we've seen this in our work relationships ruptures friendships family you know people lost their job econ economy all of that 
created like we call it a matrix installment program. So people have been in that sense, I feel, purposely traumatized. Yes. To disconnect them from the inner guidance, to become make them more authoritarian fellow followers, let alone the jab and all of that, the the effects of that. We have talked about that. But it you're correct, it creates a perfect condition for this AI takeover because what kind of people even are really attracted to this, you know, beauty dysmorphia AI technology? You know, it's a trauma response too, based yes. on the I'm not good enough program, I'm not sexy enough, I feel lonely, I'm not pretty enough, or I can do do this, you know, put this filter on to get more attention. And all of that, it it's the perfect entry point for people to accept this technology yes. yeah. and then change their appearance or change their whole being and give away their power, their God-given power. Because they're disconnected from self and they're exactly. identified with the material world. Like if you realize the deeper truth, that true beauty is actually an essence. It comes yes. from within. You can do whatever you want to your face, to your makeup, and you can look you know, externally beautiful. But unless you actually have the beauty emanating from the love in your heart, are you going to be considered beautiful by everyone? A lot of people can sense, you know, there's a great field that I love, which is called interpersonal neurobiology, which is how our nervous systems respond to each other. If you're insecure and terrified, but you have this beautiful face, people will not pick up your beauty. They're going to pick up your terror. So exactly. you can put whatever mask you want on. It will not, it, it will only, it will only deceive people who are mostly interested in you for your mask. Exactly. And the problem with that as well, is becoming normalized. And we talked about this dark this dark age of the Kali Yuga we're in right now, it's about normal, normalizing pathologies. And unfortunately, obviously, as we know, the people or like the population that's been targeted the most are the children, the young people yeah. who are like getting very young age into these, uh, into social media, into these filters. They're being influenced by celebrity influencers who use these filters and all of that. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. We didn't need to get this again, but this, you know, the 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 epidemic of cosmetic surgeries, Botox and fillers with people even younger in their twenties is already increasing. Yeah. So that's that's really the danger of what we are facing right now. And you're right, it ties into this uh, in the negative set of Aquarius, like the being the detached coldness, the uh, you know, computerized images, everything lack lack lacking soul and emotion and embodiment. Yeah, so basically, let's talk a little bit about Pluto and Aquarius. And FYI, you will be hearing a lot about this <laughs> over the next 20 years from us. Because not only is it our personal, like I actually have in in house in the house systems, uh, the Aquarius Leo axis active in my own chart. So does Bernhard as well. So this is something that we know really intimately in our own lives yeah. and also is going to be a major collective theme. Like the shift from Capricorn into Aquarius is pretty big for us to be going collectively. And essentially, okay, so as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, on March 23rd, 2023 to June 11th, 2023 is when it's going to take its first dip into Aquarius. So this is going to, that's why I'm really excited for the next Embodied Soul Awakening, because we're going to be dealing with a whole different collective energy. It's going to be fascinating. And then it's going to go retrograde from June, middle of June until January 2024, where it's going to stay there until September 1st, 2024, but then it's going to go retrograde one last time at the end of 2024. And then it's going to enter into um, Aquarius for good at the end of, of November uh, 19th, 2024. 
Until okay. 2043. Until 2043, yeah. So this is going to be one of the longer Pluto transits. So Pluto doesn't always spend the same amount of time in a sign. Um, it spends anywhere, I think it's from 12 to 20 years. Even uh, the uh, Scorpio, the Scorpio transit was actually fairly short compared to this one. Yep. Can I just add to that? Because for some people, natural astrology, and they say, oh, why do they get into astrology again? It's really important. I posted there was recently in this day and age, it's really important to zoom out, right? And understand the bigger um, cycles of the evolution of consciousness, the cycles of the ages, right? The bigger picture, soul evolution, and all of that uh, in, in the context of uh, forces that you know, or even divine world that's beyond our control. In evolutionary astrology, especially that what Laura practices and the insights from the outer planets give tremendous insights into the bigger cycles. I mean, yes, it, it, and there's truth in it. I mean, if you look at Pluto and Capricorn, what happened, uh, you know, was 2008. It, since 2008 here, it's like everything is archetypal Pluto and Capricorn. So it's important to understand uh, the themes of Pluto and Aquarius and how it affects us collectively and individually to navigate the times ahead. Exactly. So. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the overall themes of Aquarius that we're going to be working with. This is going to be about finding your own uniqueness, finding your own individuality. It's also collectively going to show us major technological innovations, new inventions. Some of those will be amazing, actually. Some of these we will be, our minds will be truly blown by what's going to happen. Um, it is also on a more esoteric level about the individuation process through deconditioning from the past. So that's the Saturn and Uranus co-rulers, traditional and modern ruler of, uh, of Aquarius working with each other. We are also going to see a lot of people seeking like-minded people, peers, friends. We're going to see all sorts of alternative subcultures that go outside the norms rising. With that, we're probably going to see a bunch of new age cults, fringe societies, secret societies, all things Aquarius. Another thing which is very interesting to just reflect upon is that the Uranus archetype side of the Aquarius archetype rules long-term memories and past lives. So think of that what you will, but I think that people who are able to tune into the higher mind may be able to even get downloads of previous lifetimes coming at them. Like they'll just, you, you're going to have to be able to work with the level of mind, which is not your thinking Gemini mind, the information gathering mind, but the higher nonlinear mind. And it's also about our ideals for the future. So we want to think about where do we want humanity to go? And then the Leo side of the polarity point wants us to asks us how can we link our own creative self expression to the vision of where we want humanity to go. So that's the that's the overall themes. And then the shadow side is pretty crazy. <laughs> so we get you know as we mentioned earlier, we we get this um, you know cold heartedness, you know this disassociation. This detachment. Detachment can be healthy, but can detachment can also be a part of disassociation. Um, psych mass psychological shock and trauma, fragmentation, splitting, um, extremism. So you're going to see that you see this already. Extreme opinions, extreme religious movements, extreme political movements. Extremism is totally Aquarius. Uh, archetype, yeah. So it ties into basically we really see the rise of of real cults, yeah, new new age cults or a more dogmatic religious cults. Oh, we yes. talked about this even with the rise of this very 
uh, a medieval dog a revival of dogmatic um, Christianity. We've talked about this in a recent podcast. Yeah. That, so all kinds of different cults based on belief, right? Exactly. Um, which is interesting that you said based on belief because Aquarius sextiles Sagittarius. So mm -hmm. these energies work together. Disassociation, radicalism, insanity, mental illness, group or mass trauma, anarchy, rebellion, um, feeling alienated or making yourself alienated from society because you don't fit into the current culture. So I just want to speak on that point. So you, you know, if when you, people who are ahead of their time are alienated by the culture, they're different from the culture. They're not actually meant to fit into the culture. They're meant to bring a new wave in from the future. So You know, I can do the fall into this trap myself, like, oh, no one understands me. Where's my tribe? You know, I don't belong to the current culture. But you have to keep in mind that that feeling of alienation, that feeling of difference is supposed to eventually lead you into the individuation process, becoming whole and connect you to your true self. Yeah, that's, that's I think, a very important point. Uh, I wanted to say something to that because we see a lot, again, because of the past few years, you know, Uh, the splitting of humanity, relationship ruptures, friends, family, people feel alone. They cannot relate to anybody anymore. Some people become more aware of what's happening in the world. Their friends and family don't see what they see. So that that's a this alienation, loneliness is a big theme. Absolutely, I cannot relate. So people want to be around like-minded people, right? And all of that. However, that in itself, like you just said, it can also, you can get stuck in a trauma response and then project externally. Oh, nobody sees me. Nobody understands me. I'm so alone. And mm -hmm. blame the outside world for mm -hmm. not fitting in to you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of embracing this process and understanding that's an internal process to come more alignment of who you truly are and find your deeper connection within. Yes. And that will then create the outside uh connection and relationships in a new level. Exactly. So the deconditioning process is supposed to lead you eventually, you know, the deconditioning event will lead you to separate from society for a while. It's just part of it. If you're in the masses, if you're watching Netflix, listening to mainstream music all the time, you know, totally plugged into like what's going on in the consensus, you're, you're apt to get swept over by those waves until you find the true self, basically. So you're separating from the current culture so that you can find who you are outside of the culture. And it is really about realizing the spark of the divine within you and not looking for external saviors anymore, whether that savior is a community, whether that savior is some sort of church or, you know, organized religion like this is the deeper esoteric meaning of aquarius so this is about realizing our true self through the individuation process through deconditioning from the current culture so we can find a way that we can contribute to society using our creative self-expression leo in a unique way and when we have mass trauma or mass disassociation it basically cuts off that whole process and it leads to cold heartedness, being too detached. Fear of being different is a big one. Like I'm just going to pretend I actually fit in because I'm terrified of what would happen if I stood out as different from the group, which is Aquarius wound, you know, or another way it actually shows up is being overly protective of your individuality. So this is like more like people who are just like, Oh, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good kind of attitude or like oh this guy was on a big tv show then he's part of the matrix like this is oh, kind, this of, kind of like also splitting this black and white yeah, thinking. Split, it, it, it relates to splitting and black and white thinking but it's it, it's coming from being protective of your individuality like the kind of person who's like 
I can't watch a movie like Avatar because it's a big Hollywood movie, and I'm oh, too and yeah. I'm too I different. Can, I, can, I can see myself in that. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. It's, I'm it's, too different. I'm too unique. <laughs> this is part of the Aquarius archetype. No. Yeah, of being overly protective to your yeah. individuality, where you won't even be part of the world oh, anymore. That, that's that's a great point because. Uh, and that's part of the uh, Aquarius archetype as well, because I'm an Aquarius. I have North Node also in Sun Aquarius, so I can definitely relate to that. But um, in all humility, I can also see it as a knee-jerk reaction and my own ego self-importance or superiority coming in. Yes. You know, oh, I'm not going to be there. This is just mainstream bullshit, whatever. Exactly. Oh, I'm not going to, you know, this guy is just like here and there. Oh, I'm not going to, you know, extreme black and white thinking and you project uh, because it's like almost the inner child wounded uh, in the sense uh, as a compensation, creating this superior ego that uh, I'm too good for the world. Yes. So fuck the world. Yeah. I'm better than anybody else. Who are you? I'm not going to fit in. Exactly. That's the shadow side, right? Exactly. I, I, can, I can totally own this. I can see this partly myself, especially in the past. Yeah. Uh, having said that, uh, Avatar was an amazing movie. So <laughs> come on, <laughs> carry on. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we got to watch out for. It can create this like arrogance, this yeah. snobbishness. And this, I would argue, is actually coming from being overly protective of your individuality. Because once you anchor you know, the, the, the true self within you, the God, the God image within you, then who gives a shit? Like, seriously, yes. it's just like, I, you can, see also God everywhere. I, I, I personally wouldn't watch Netflix these days just because it always starts with like a black disabled trans, like <laughs> Muslim, Muslim, they, they, them. And that's just not my, my thing. I'm more into like fantasy, you know, but, but, but also I wouldn't, if someone was like, okay, watch this Netflix movie. It's really good. I wouldn't be like, oh, screw Netflix. They're just blah, blah, blah. I would just be like, oh, okay. So this movie's on Netflix. I'll check it out or whatever, you know? So we yeah. want to just watch out for that yeah. and so essentially the medicine for the aquarius archetype is getting back to the heart so this is a leo archetype and i know this sounds really just cliche and cheesy but the heart is basically the place of not just love but life force creative energy creative self-expression when you're connected to your heart you're connected to your passion in life you're connected to your ability to love to relate to other people yeah. you're connected to your vulnerability your humanity you're going to say something and i was going to say this also before we go into the the axis of the leo archetype because to tie this into transhumanism and the overtake over, you can see the shadow side of Aquarius, how this perfectly lays out the trap for transhumanism. Yes. Right? I just want to be clear about that. Even reminding me also of chat GBT, right? That's also being become very popular. Yeah, um, yeah. Out there with this program's AI program, you can ask us any questions. It can write, literally, students have written their own work, paperwork, essays and whatnot, yeah. passing tests. So you can ask us anything, but when you read it through, like it's almost too clinically perfect. It's like this cold, calculated responses that are true, but the soul, the essence is missing. The creative impulse is missing. Yes. But it's clinical. Right? Exactly, exactly. And, and I think the, all the shadow sides of Aquarius you just mentioned in for the Pluto and Aquarius perfectly exemplify uh, how is how the the dark side of transhumanism ties in and can can tempt humans people to get um taken over by that to accept the ai god of transhumanism rather than their own essence and creativity and i think what the polarity point of leo to going back to a heart our true creativity is basically the solution to counteract the transhumanism takeover Exactly. Like the shadow side of the Leo archetype, which is always in play when you have uh, Aquarius there, is the desperate need for approval, validation, applause, narcissism. Mm -hmm. 
And so tie this narcissism and desperate need with approval with being just detached and checked out. And you can, you're, you're going to jump on every single AI trend because it's going to feed your narcissism. It's going to feed your desire for approval. So if you're not a creative person, if you don't consider yourself to be an attractive person, then what an easy thing to get an AI program to write articles for you to make you look more attractive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is all, a, this is all a combination of the narcissism and the detachment of both sides of this polarity, basically. So um, we really do need to get back into the heart. We need to get back into our vulnerability, our humanity. Um, You know, uh, it is about finding what you find joy in life and healing from the trauma. I can't, uh, I can't stress this enough that if you feel constantly dysregulated or low energy or checked out or disassociated and you're procrastinating and you're having trouble focusing a lot of this is sign of being extremely dysregulated and in free state. So if that's you, think about what you can do to work on healing yourself and whatever the stress that has happened to you in your life for the past few years. So re, you can reconnect to this passion for life. You can reconnect to your ability to love and to feel joy. And so we want to really be a creator with technology. So don't do it in a way to... Uh, avoid your creative expression or to deny your creative expression, but can we use technology with the heart as well? Can we use technology to put our ideas in action while also infusing our own heart and soul into the creations of it? So we want to think about how we can basically use our own creativity with the incoming technology, link them together Um, and find a way that we can use it with our own heart and soul infused into it instead of this cold, detached way where we're just seeking likes, approval, validation. Like this is where it's already heading. Yeah. Excellent. Can we just talk about this topic a little bit? Because it is a big topic, creativity, uh, and and ties into relationships as well in the sense. So we have the danger with transhumanism AI, especially the negative or shadow aspects of the Leo archetype or the Aquarius archetype, the erosion of human creativity and relationships and let it take over by AI and transhumanism, right? Uh, and also finding the balance, like you said, we're not, you know, it's a, there's a fine line between like even using technology and AI to enhance creativity, your skills, your tools, but still be unique and original in that as opposed to let AI and transhum- AI do everything for you. Yeah, They're literally yeah. like they're already advertising certain AI programs that can write the whole websites, articles for you, do your whole marketing posts for you. Like you're not even involved anymore. Yeah. And I think that's a dangling carrot for people who are out of touch with their essence, out of touch with their diamond, their creative spirit, which we'll talk about as well, out of uh, touch with the divine out of touch with themselves, really, and very insecure and um, traumatized, having no originality, but they want to have success or somehow taking the dangling carrot of just these possibilities and path of least resistance, not needing to do any work on their own, that get easily hooked into that. Also, short-term success, right? To have yeah. something built right away because true creativity and originality in all aspects of life, be it your business or your art, whatever it may be, to create something amazing takes time. You got to pay your dues. You got to develop your skills and all of that. Yeah, and that is really the essence of I think also the the archetypal Leo essence of being creative. And besides skills, you know, I already see people interacting with the world in a very AI way. To be honest, meaning like they're just they're they're very detached. They're very kind of in their head, 
and they're just kind of copying and emulating what other people are doing. You know, yeah. they're not bringing their own creative soul essence into it, you know, because as we'll talk about in the second hour, there is a spark. Um, you know, you can call it your higher self. Carl Jung called it the diamond. This creative spirit can lead you into realms of creative genius that are exactly expressive of your own soul. But unless we actually do the work to anchor this connection, we're just going to be caught in this world of like mimicry, just copying, mimicking what other people are doing. And we're doing this from a cold, detached, aloof state. Yeah. I want to, on that note, can I sh um, share a quote? Because it ties into something really f fascinating. I, I posted this quote in my article on the occult trap of transhumanism as well. It's by this guy, Alex Becker. He's an interesting fella. Because he's actually in this industry of AI. He has developed AI software many years ago uh, that's kind of called Hyros AI ad tracking, right? And you probably see his work because many, many people, meaning companies, businesses use it. So when you search something on Google, boom, boom, any product, you research, whatever, all of a sudden you see ads coming for that on your social media account. Kind of, <laughs> he's the reason for that with his AI ad tracking thing. But he's posted something fascinating on Facebook a few months ago about the dangers of AI speaking out about it. So he wrote, I don't deny the incredible thousand X potential of all this AI stuff is giving us, but I also think that this shit is so less black magic. Humans, our brains and our societal organization are not capable of existing with it if it keeps uh, up much longer. The supply of anything good, art, information, interaction, sex is about to explode to a level so high that everything in turn also becomes cheap and empty. Man, for example, already sitting in the houses, endlessly creating loot pictures, each one improving and releasing more dopamine each time they click generate from AI triple X content. You know, online has already cheapened human relationships. Mm. Basically, you can make your own porn mm -hmm. uh, with this uh, uh, AI yeah. software. Yeah. This completely removes other, he continues, this completely removes other humans from the equation and breaks down the human experience supposed to work. A man can now sit in his house and just pray, generate over and over and be shown his wildest, most specific fantasies in each press, with each press of generating effortlessly giving him another unique hit. So um, <clears throat> he gives on, he talks on and on, but basically he's saying that the it's losing its humanity. There's just, and it's just a tipping start point. Uh, he writes, this is too big for a hack of humans to have and it ruins the entire, entire experience of our lives by cheapening everything we have to offer other humans. It's going to turn us into something that isn't human and can't appreciate human limits. So for people who want to get this quote, by the way, it's in Bernhard's article, which he can link in the show notes yeah, as well. Yeah, it's on my website. But I just want to, it's fascinating because this guy is actually in the business of has an AI software, just, you know, ad tracking, nothing fancy, basic. Yeah. Helps people, businesses, absolutely. But he also sees the danger of the ruining of creativity and everything can be just done so cheaply and there's no, no limitations or ruining relationships, you yeah, know, because yeah. especially porn and triple X content is really, really high on the high end nowadays and it's just going to expansionally oh, rise. Oh, that's already, like, that's actually the terrifying part, especially if you're a woman, is that this mm -hmm. is easily going to become the norm. Like, oh, people this... are just going to be able to take your photo and make, I, I saw this, are yeah. you going to talk about the woman? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's this famous, like, influencer on, I think she's on Twitch, who had an AI porn made of herself and posted a video of her, like, sobbing and breaking down about it. And then people were reposting and making fun of her. So again, this cold-heartedness of the Aquarius archetype, 
and the total yes. lack of like just making fun of her. Like you see like the problem, like this is why like the issue with AI is like, we almost don't have the humanity. We almost don't have the heart yes. to handle it responsibly. A majority of people will use it in a very cold, detached way. But I have to say the positive side is it's never been more essential and it's never been more of a commodity for you to develop your own creativity, for you to develop your own individual, uh, your own individuality and engage in the individuation process. Like the, the highest aspect of Pluto and Aquarius is going to give every a mass amount of people because Pluto rules masses, uh, the opportunity for individuation. So this is a process of becoming whole, you know, becoming who, who we really are and fulfilling the unique purpose that we have for our lives. And how do you engage in the individuation process? Well, you first learn to withdraw your projections towards the outer world. You start, you stop projecting your shadow and you stop projecting your light on the other outer world. And you start to do this inward journey and to realize that a lot of your projections are basically overlays of your own psyche onto the external world. Another way it also shows up is in opposite sex relationships. It's like mm. a lot of men and women are still engaging in massive amounts of projections in relationships. I can't tell you, you know, the thing that the spiritual and the red pill community have in common right now is both of them are on this crazy trip about conscious men need to be like this. Masculine men need to be like this. Feminine women need to be like this. They're <laughs> both true. pointing the finger at the other gender and yeah. coming with a laundry list of what is actually an anima animus projection an inner feminine, yeah. inner masculine projection and being like, men need to be like this. And yeah. there, a lot of these people are single and looking for no, a relationship. No, that's true. Can I just add on that yes, real quick? Yeah. Because it ties in this whole uh, high polarity teaching, like women, like I need my leading man who holds me and this and that, and is my provider, and this is how a man, manly man needs to be. And the other side, you have this re revival of like, I need a traditional woman who's in the kitchen, has virgin. bears, bears it once <laughs> exactly as a virgin, has a low, what they call the body count, and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. and all these projections externalizing yes. of what how the other uh, sex or gender should be. Yes. And none of them work on their basic shit. Excuse my French. Their own shadows, their own childhood wounding, their own anima animus integration and all of that. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's fascinating to observe that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is actually part of this extremism that we're going to see. You know, we're going to see extremism, mass fragmentation, splitting. When you split off a part of your consciousness, it's prone to projection. Mm -hmm. So to the extent that a man splits off his connection with his soul, he is going to project what he thinks his anima should be onto the outer world. But deep inside, if you have negative perceptions towards men or woman, it's a reflection of something going on within yourself. And not only that, I'm sorry, but if you're trying to date and find a new person and you enter a relationship, I need the man to be like this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. <laughs> you're already coming in with a bad energy. Like yeah. a, a little reframe is to just be like, I appreciate this in men. I appreciate men who have purpose. I appreciate men who have vision. I appreciate women who are, who are nurturing. I appreciate women who are whatever whatever it is that floats your boat. But be, many of them are coming in with these shoulds and men should be like this and women should be like this. And this is their actually own kind of tyrannical super ego creating these judgments based on their negative past relationships, I'm sorry, with the opposite sex and then creating this almost fantasy of what a man or woman should be like. And I guarantee you, 
if someone like with this kind of laundry list of like what men or women should be like entered into a relationship and they had all of those things, they would still find something wrong because it's all coming from projection. They weren't able to, to uh, receive it. They wouldn't be able with. to take it in because yeah. it's not coming from a healthy place. So excellent. So, wow, we have still a lot to talk about, but that was very insightful. So really understanding that, Dev, thank you for sharing, honey, also about the archetypes of Aquarius, Leo axis, the positive aspects of Aquarius the shadow side, the positive aspects of Leo and the shadow side, to be aware of that within ourselves because that's that's the way out of the transhumanism occult trap. Because you're right, the, the, what I see now, what I also made that point in my article and video, is that technology has so much advanced that our soul evolution, our embodied process of embodiment hasn't caught up. And you're also right when you said that a lot of people are so out of touch with themselves, so wounded and traumatized, they easily, they don't know how to use this uh, uh, um, technology responsibly. Yeah, right? And we also have to understand that, uh, and we go deep into that in the second hour, that the big proponents behind transhumanism, AI, big tech, all the big players are themselves soulless beings, disembodied atheists in the sense who don't recognize the spiritual reality, want to play God, right? Who mm. want to really, um, you know, override the divine, so to speak. They're the anti-divine forces. So we need to be really aware of it. So the way out on the very basic level is to re- how can I say, um, rebirth or re-own own your own creativity, your own essence, your own originality, your true uniqueness, yeah. you know, the Aquarius spirit, but also in service of humanity and heal your wounds. So you can really connect to your heart because like the great aspect, positive aspect of Leo, have some good Leo friends. They are like full of passion of life. They love other human beings. They're extremely creative, but they're not caught in the shadow side of narcissism and, and wounding but they're truly connected to the heart. And we can only connect to the heart if we remove everything that's in the way of it. And that's where, again, it goes deep into our shadow work, trauma work, all of that. So we're not being taken over by the transhumanism AI trap. Yeah, and to really understand there's nothing more beautiful than your own unique creative expression, your own individuality. Like it's easy to be a carbon copy of someone else in the world and just to imitate them but you're literally sacrificing your power the moment that you're trying to be like someone else. And this is a process of individuation that I think many of us have the opportunity to go on is to find out what is unique about me. What am I, what am I good at? What's, what's my own unique soul expression and how can I contribute that to humanity and my relationships in a very loving, open way? Exactly. Very beautifully said. And, uh, yes, with that being said, let's, um, close off here we're going to go way deeper now into the spiritual consequences the end game right of from a hyperdimensional matrix perspective how this ties into transhumanism ai want to dive deep into that how this ties into the uh, into the jab as well and we've written articles about it and really what the way out of it is you know in in terms of soul embodiment and the evolution of consciousness but i also want to mention by the way sorry that this came to my mind what you shared right now towards the end it's ironic. We see AI imitating human, humans, right? But we see almost humans because of the disconnection from self, their own creativity, their own unique expression, imitating, plagiarizing, and copying others. Yes. Right? So again, it's part of the individuation process is find your unique source to your creative spirit diamond, which we also go now deeper in the second hour. And with that being said, if you're not a member yet, want access to the second hour, go to my website, veilofreality.com. And uh, for our 14-week group coaching program, find out more at 
thetimeoftransition.com. Thank you for listening and we'll be right back. <laughs>